You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Any news today, Tito, at all? (laughs) (laughs) Dang, Rosie, (laughs) that's your job. (laughs) This is the Rosie Report. The next round's on Rosie, and we'll read his credit card number here in just a moment. Regular season roundup. Catch it, Rosie! Nicely done, Rosebud. Now, here's Jim Rosenhouse. Welcome in, everyone, to the weekend recap edition from the Williamsport trip for the Tribe as we get back to action against the Texas Rangers on a Tuesday night here in downtown Cleveland. But it is the Rosie Report regular season roundup, episode number 73. And if you like to play the numbers game along with us, not many left here. Is uh, the the higher the number, the the less frequent they've been worn. And 73, really, you look back, only relief pitcher Ricardo Rincon, who pitched here back in the late 90s, uh, one of the the very few who wore number 73, hasn't been worn since, to the best of our recollection. So uh, we could be a little bit off on that, but that's uh, that's where we're at with that. Uh, different kind of show today. A lot of times we'll, we'll play some highlights here from acting manager DeMarlo Hale about the, the game just completed. But I think the weekend certainly highlighted against the Angels, a three-game series sweep by Sunday's visit to the Little League World Series and being a part of the Little League Classic, the Indians and Angels over in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, a day that uh, featured oh, about two hours or so over at the Little League Complex, Indians players and coaches mingling with uh, some of the young players, the 12-year-olds on those Little League teams, and then the game that night, a 3-0 win for the Tribe, in which Cal Quantrill was terrific again. In just a moment, we will hear from one of the coaches from one of those Little League teams who we talked to while his team was in a knockdown, dragout wiffle ball battle with members of the Cleveland Indians. So we'll hear from from him in just a bit. His name is Patty Matera, who has a Cleveland Indians connection, and he now is an assistant coach for the Toms River Ball Club. But first, a visit with Brian Shaw. We caught up with him pregame after the Indians had taken that trip over to the Little League Complex, about four miles away from uh, where the ball game was between the Indians and Angels. And we talked to Brian about the day, uh, how enjoyable it was, and some memories that he has of his Little League time back in Northern California. Welcome back to the Union Home Mortgage Indians warm-up show. Joining us is Indians relief pitcher and former Little Leaguer, Brian Shaw. Do you like that part of it, Brian? I do. I think all of us were at one point in time, but it's still fun. In Northern California, Union City, then Livermore in that uh, 10 to 12-year-old age pocket. What do you remember about your Little League days? Uh, I mean, it was fun. You know, I mean, we rode our bikes there a lot. You know, uh, Union City, we were right around the corner from our house. Uh, my grandfather always umpired a lot of the games out there. I think he was actually the um, one of the guys that ran ran the Little League and got it all set up uh, initially anyways um, out there. So it, it was just a lot of fun. You ride, like I said, you ride your bike, you guys play a little bit, you know, in between games, you know, you get your snacks, all that kind of stuff, and then, uh, you know, you get picked up and go home. It was, it was just a lot of fun. Now let's back up here. Your grandfather was an umpire, so did Brian Shaw get favorable calls, whether he was hitting or pitching? <laughs> I actually don't think he ever uh, umped my games, uh, but he was one of the ones that always did uh, did the games for everybody. But so it was fun. So you come here today. We're in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, for the Little League Classic, and you had a chance to go over to the complex where the the games are played. 
with the latest edition of, of really good Little League players. And uh, what was that experience like for you today? It was fun. You know, it was fun to watch it, watch the kids play. You know, you realize how small that field looks, um, obviously, compared to what, what we're at now, obviously. Um, uh, but it, it just looked like fun. You know, the kids were having fun. You know, even the kids in the stands that obviously, you know, had already lost and were out of it, you know, they were having fun. Um, you know, we went over and uh, played some wiffle ball, played some cornhole and stuff like that with them. So, you know, it, it was just a good time. You know, it was a good time talking to them, good time hanging out with them, you know, getting a, you know, a little, little out of, you know, just what we do every day here. You mentioned playing wiffle ball. Did you dominate in, in the wiffle ball games here against the current kids? Uh, yes. I pitched uh, two different teams. I think I struck out five. I mean, you know, when you got kids up there getting up to bat, pointing to the fence with their bat, you know, you got to you gotta show them what's up a little bit. So I got, I got a few swing and misses out there. Uh, hit a couple of them after that. So, you know, it, it was fun. What do you think it was like for them getting a chance to play with, with current major league players? I mean, it, it a blast. You know, I mean, you know, a couple of them, you know, a couple of us got to hit up there a little bit, you know, and they're trying to, you know, throw some stuff in there, make some stuff move different ways. You know, we definitely had some of the guys swing and miss a few times, uh, you know, so I'm sure they were, you know, excited to get to have that happen, obviously. But, you know, just being out there with us, you know, I, th I think they, they loved it. You know, they asked questions, you know, they talked a little bit, um, you know, and it was just, it was a good time. You mentioned you watch a little bit of the, the games. Caliber play, man, it seems like these kids are good just watching some of the games on TV and, and a little bit today. What do you think? Absolutely. I, I feel like the kids, you know, nowadays playing, uh, you know, in the Little League World Series and stuff like that, I feel like they're making some plays and doing some things that I can't remember we were making back in the day when I was, you know, 11, 12 um, at, at this time. You know, that might be why we didn't make it here. But, um, you know, they're, they're making these plays, diving plays and stuff. I feel like that just that didn't happen back in the day. You know, granted, that was, you know, what? 21 years ago obviously you know the caliber obviously of talent has gotten a little better since then I'm assuming uh since then but you know it's fun to watch those kids do what they can do now so growing up in California did Williamsport seem like it was another country away as a, a goal to get to absolutely I mean you know it, it was always kind of talked about but I, I don't think it was really as big as it is now like, you know it wasn't on the ESPN it wasn't on the you know these network channels bringing it up and all that kind of stuff you, know, you didn't have the Little League Classic like we do now um, and it wasn't you know if you got to go it was fun but obviously it wasn't a thing that was like advertised as much as it is now and as you know much of a spectacle and as much of a you know event as it is now um, nowadays and you know I feel like if it was you know maybe some of us would try it harder. <laughs> I've heard some of the other players mention, and, and maybe you've heard this, has anyone asked you, and you mentioned how small the field looks, has anyone said, well, that seems like an awfully small field for the big leaguers to play on. Did you run into anyone who thought that the major leaguers were playing over there? Yeah, uh, yeah a little bit, but, you know, it's okay. <laughs> and how about getting back to this? You, you kind of alluded to it, just doing something different, a, a different type of game day. Um, kind of fun to do that every once in a while? Yeah, absolutely. You know, ha having fun with the kids. You know, usually when we go out and do stuff, you know, we're still doing baseball. We're still doing, you know, clinics, different things that we do with the guys. It's pretty much always a baseball, softball type thing. So, to, you know, to go play, you know, cornhole or frisbee or, you know, wiffle ball, something that's just a little bit different than what we do day in and day out, you know, change of pace for us and for them. You know, they, they, they get out there and, you know, obviously they've been playing, you know, all summer um, leading up to this point. And, you know, so for them to have some fun, you know, I think we had ping pong over there as well. Um, you know, so just get out and play some different things, do some different stuff in your spare time. You know, it, it's nice. Oh, enjoy the ball game tonight. Thanks, Brian. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That is Brian Shaw. Always fun to visit with him and uh, a good perspective from one of the elder statesmen on the Indians pitching staff and really the roster in general. Now, as promised, uh, we had a chance to visit with an assistant coach 
from the Toms River entry in the Little League World Series. And they have a great history in the World Series. That's the team that Todd Frazier played on back in the late 90s that won a Little League World Series. And it's the first time they've been back since then. So it's been a while for Toms River to uh, be a part of things in Williamsport. And we caught up with Patty Matera, who is an assistant coach for that ball club. And, and to give you an idea, th these guys who coach these teams, it is not it's very similar to what you might see around here with uh, rec sports, even in some cases travel sports. Uh, he's the owner of a place called Pat's Deli in Brielle, New Jersey, right near the Jersey Shore, not far from Tom's River. And uh, in, that's his day job. And then at night, uh, he coaches these kids, and uh, they've gone all the way to Williamsport. And he had a son who played for the Indians in the minor leagues, uh, not too long ago, so he has some uh, pretty good memories, and it was fun for him to watch his kids interacting with players from the Cleveland Indians. And, uh, and here's what Patty Matera can tell us about his son's experience with the tribe. My son was uh, picked up by the Indians in 2013, played at the Carolina Mudcats, the high A division, and had a great old time. He uh, really enjoyed it, met a lot of good friends out there, and just a bunch of fun. And this team has been here before. Tell us about the history of, of Tom's River at the Little League World Series. Well, back in the late 90s, uh, Coach Mike Gaina brought, brought a team here three times. Uh, I think it was 96, 98, and 99. And uh, Todd Frazier won it in 1998. And uh, great teams back then. So it was, we're glad to be back, and we're glad to represent uh, Tom's River East president uh, and head coach Paul Mike is an outstanding president. And an outstanding manager. He's doing a great job with this squad. When you look at, at this group of kids, uh, you've had them for a while. Explain how they stay together and what it means for them now to, to come here many years later after they first came together as a unit. Well, most of them have been playing together now for six, six years since they're seven years old and uh, six, seven years old. And uh, we just have some outstanding players. Joey DeMeo, outstanding. Uh, Max Micah, second baseman on our teams, having a lights out regional and World Series. I mean, he deserves all the credit in the world. And uh, of course, uh, we got um, Carson Frazier, who's just a phenom. You know, the all three kids are just outstanding, and the rest of the kids are, are just playing with all their hearts and leaving it on the table. They're a great bunch of kids. And when the process starts to try and make it here, is it something that? you're thinking is a realistic thing or, or does it start to just kind of build as the season goes along and you start winning more games and advancing? Well, we started out the, between district sectionals and states, we were 14-0. and 0. We started the regionals 2-0 and 0, and uh, you just start ha having dreams, man. It's it's great, you know, because the kids all believe and that's, that's what's most important. The kids believe and the kids are, are playing awesome and uh, you know, we believe we can win it all. Obviously, the games mean so much here, but but this, you, you, you we're watching them taking on the Cleveland Indians. You got Tristan McKenzie out there. Ernie Clement's going to start throwing. Uh, Owen Miller, Miles Straw, all these guys, big leaguers. Uh, what do you think this is like for these kids? Is, will this rank as, as one of their top memories? Uh, this would be definitely a highlight for many years because, I mean, I, I want to thank the Cleveland organization and the Angels organization for coming in here while we're about to get hit with a foul ball uh, just to come here and, and support the kids because I mean every one of these major leagues started somewhere so you know they it looks like they're having fun just as long as all the kids are here are, are the coaches having fun too uh, the coaches are having a blast it's a, it's a little stressing because of the COVID rules but um, 
you know, it's all about the kids. We're making our sacrifices, put our lives on hold so the kids have this opportunity. And, and Paul Micah has been absolutely fantastic. Like I said, he's the president of Trell, and he's the manager, and he's doing an outstanding job keeping everybody here as one unit and one family. So, Patty, pleasure to meet you. Good luck the rest of the way. Thank you, sir. That's an assistant coach for the Tom's River entry in the Little League World Series, Patty Matera. And in case you were wondering, his son played for the Indians back in 2013 with their single-A club, the Carolina Mudcats. And he hit 282 over 73 games that year, playing on a ball club, as he said, uh, featured Francisco Lindor and some others. Tyler Naquin, I think, was on that team. But uh, certainly some good memories for him. And uh, his son actually went on to play six more years of independent ball. And uh, who knows, maybe some of those kids from Tom's River will end up playing pro ball as well. But all in all, just a tremendous experience over in Williamsport. The Indians had a lot of fun, I know that. And they really had fun with the weekend series against the Angels, sweeping the Angels three straight to carry a nice win streak into their series with the Rangers that starts on Tuesday night. That's going to do it for this edition of the Rosie Report regular season roundup. As always, thanks to Bart Swain, Courtberry Tripp, and Austin Controllis for their help uh, in getting this podcast rolling. Until next time, I'm Jim Rosenhouse thanking you for downloading and listening to the Rosie Report. This has been the Rosie Report. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data from Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware. Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.